4: Alice, what would you say the most newsworthy thing to happen today, year of our Lord, May twelfth, twenty hundred twenty and two, is?
5: Uh, Carrie from Winchester, right on everything.
4: That is correct. Carrie from Winchester, right on everything. Unbleeping candy. 860-522-9842. That nine eight four two. That is the number. Let's go over here to Carrie in Winchester. Hey, Carrie. Hey, Tom, how's it going? I'm good. How you doing? Good. I
2: am a long-time burn-barreler. Oh, oh. Right um, on one, right there. You've read a couple of times, and you've read some stuff of, of mine on air. But this is the first time I'm calling you. Um, I actually, like, I have an idea, and I don't know if anyone's, like, thought about this, but why isn't the government using the Defense Production Act? I, didn't they use that when it came to doing the vaccines? Like, this is kind of important if babies are going to be starving.
4: Correct. So there you go. Kerry in Winchester saying the Defense Production Act, it would be the thing to do literally from Kerry over the airwaves in Connecticut WTIC into the into um, important and influential people and through the burn barrel important. They all
5: listen to the burn barrel. It's true.
4: Influential people. And uh, yes, well, now we know that it is happening. It is on. It's uh, it's time. Carrie called it. It is absolutely un- uncanny. You're
5: going to play the audio from the press briefing today? It was just taking a while to get yes. to it, honey. I didn't you know. work on
4: classic <laughs> gold, like they all listen to the burn barrel, it's true, and I'll get the audio You know ready.
5: what, do you want me to handle running the audio board from my side? Has there
6: been
4: because... any
3: consideration of using the Defense Production Act?
6: There are, a range of, there are a range of options, including that under consideration, Ed, but I would note the issue here is that a manufacturer was taken offline because they did not produce a safe baby formula, so uh, what we're doing here at this point in time is working with other manufacturers who can produce safe baby formula and we've had success in increasing uh, our productivity their productivity over the last four weeks and we're going to continue to work on that
4: so a couple notable things about that mm-hmm. one that is not true what she said a manufacturer was online offline because they pr- did not produce a safe baby formula there was a recall there was a recall the government said hey stop it and it's, there were there were a couple of babies died who happened to be taking that formula but they did an investigation, and couldn't find it, and also the government has now said, "Please start it back up, start production back up." Right? We want you to. So if they, they the... could produce safe formula, in fact, yes, now they're good, they're absolutely good. Mm-hmm. So for her to say that is total BS, and then of course blames it on the industry, of course, that her stupid government bullied. Now, um, it, it, that is that is notable, but the fact that, and not taking away from Carrie and Winchester, what's wrong? No, there's little pieces of my headphones in my drink, here. I'm sorry. I'm taking away from Carrie Winchester, who's a very cool and astute person, but I would have... I would, It would have given me peace of mind to think that that maybe the last level of defense for this possibly catastrophic shortage would not be a private citizen from a leafy suburb of Boston. I would have thought that of all the geniuses in the (laughs) White House, that maybe maybe, uh, somebody there would have thought of it, but nobody did. It's remarkable. It's
5: remarkable. No, it fell on you, Carrie, to come up with the idea. So you may have saved America today Uh, because now, yeah, so this has become a thing now. Senator Marco Rubio released the following today. Um, this press release, U.S. Senator Marco Rubio sent a letter to President Joe Biden regarding the administration's insufficient response to the ongoing baby formula crisis. This has created an especially acute supply shortage of baby formula, which is often the only life-sustaining option for many of our nation's most vulnerable children, Rubio wrote. There is ample precedent for using the DPA to address a crisis in peacetime. You yourself have invoked the DPA several times. A major supply chain disruption that puts the lives of America's infants in jeopardy is worthy of the same response absolutely there you go josh Hawley, six hours ago has biden explored using the defense production act to reopen the formula plant his fda closed or is he just going to continue to sit around
4: you know what's also another telling thing is that the white house is reacting to suggestions that other people have gotten the republicans have put them in a great in have put themselves in a wonderful position here because it's a republican saying hey DPA, DPA, DPA. And it's not as if this came out of the White House. Right. She's saying, oh, yes, we considered it. But, you know.
5: How long until it comes out that there were people behind the scenes saying this to them like three months ago and they said not to do it? Just like with the home tests, when it came out that there were experts Mm -hmm. that told them to send out free home tests and the White House blew them off because they were focusing on vaccines. And Jen Sagi was scoffing at the reporters for even daring to ask about free tests tests. Oh yeah, how much is that going to cost? What do you want us to just send tests to everybody and then yeah, like a few that. months later they were sending tests to everybody. Like it's incredible. You're right. It's so reactive. It's so reactive to the pressures in any given moment. They don't ever do the right thing at the time when it becomes obvious to do the right thing because they're privy to information that we and Kerry from Winchester are not privy to. They're hearing about this stuff in advance of when it becomes a problem, or they should be. Jen Psaki also said today that Biden first heard of the formula shortage this week. So
4: that is more than possible, of course.
5: <laughs> of course, it's possible, and that's scary. But people from the White House have been hearing about this because there there are industry experts. Everybody's trying to tell the White House stuff all the time, and if they're internal people are blowing off the lobbyists and the industry experts and the people who are saying this is going to become an issue then you know this is gonna this is gonna continue to happen and it's gonna continue to happen around every issue not just the covid tests not just the baby formula shortage but whatever the next thing is and the next thing and the next thing they're just reading twitter and finding out about this stuff and then right. it turns out that other people in the administ- administration uh, told the, the people who had been talking about this for months to pound sand months ago right like that's the way this has been working now for a year and a half
4: and i think that's one of the things um is that they are just reading twitter they're reading twitter then looking at the polls saying but i don't get it I don't get it. All the j- sake bombs we've been doing, all the high fives we've been doing between us—I don't get it. Um, but you know, there was a the piece in the Wall Street Journal today saying that th- these companies can't fill the void. They're missing too many ingredients that they need, and the Abbott Lab people say it's going to take a couple of months before they can get back up right and producing. That's what happens when you shut down by government government fiat, you know, industries. So uh, it, it's it's going to get worse before it gets better. We right. we seriously have, uh, you know, uh, I have callers calling my radio show saying in 1954, we used to make it homemade. You could use the same recipe with evaporated milk and this and that. I'm like, Jesus, we're using now. We're going back to 1954.
5: Right. It's, I mean, it's just, it's incredible. And National Review has a really good explainer by Jim Garrity who we really like about the baby formula shortage about the recall which was back in February by the way it wasn't like this week you know what i mean mm-hmm. like this has been that's why i say that biden should have been on this a while ago this is not an out of nowhere surprise right um that was abbott laboratories they're the ones who do the formula similac alimentum elacare in one of their facilities mm-hmm. they stopped the facility and they they haven't been able to test positive for the bacteria that people were saying was in it from like a variety of, of in any of them. They haven't been able to find any. So, you know, it kind of remains to be seen if that's like even a thing. But it's just interesting that back in July of 2021, the percentage of stores nationwide at which formula was out of stock was past double digits. Mm. And in January of 2022, it had hit 23%. So this has been like a slow rolling crisis that people have been talking about. And it's probably, you know something that people have been talking about for a while but it's hard to notice because there's so much buzz about stuff being out at stores and so much of it isn't really that important like I can't buy my regular brand of taco Mm -hmm. seasoning or whatever and it's just like lost in all that shuffle but now according to Jim Garrity at the National Review a couple of days ago infant formula is now out of stock at 40% of stores nationwide. And in Iowa, South Dakota, North Dakota, Missouri, Texas, and Tennessee, more than half of the baby formula was completely sold out during the week starting April 24th. And in another 26 states, between 40 and 50% of the infant formula supplies were sold out. So that's back in January, the Wall Street Journal reported on this. So, you know, this is, if Biden only found out about it this week, which I agree with you is 100% possible, That's a failure of his administration to listen to people who do know what's going on and to talk to people outside of a bunch of yes-men like Jennifer Rubin and lunatics on Twitter that Ron Klain keeps retweeting. Like, you have a country to run, you guys.
4: Well, right, and you would think that that would come under the purview of a few different departments. Certainly the Secretary of Transportation, certainly the FDA, you know, among, among others. I mean, this should cross the radar of people. Right. There's no doubt that people that 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 um, that there has been buzz all over social media. There's no doubt that that mothers probably have been calling pediatricians and saying, hey, I got a problem here. I can't find what you told me to get the special kind you told me to get. It's not there anymore.
5: Right. Uh, Jim Garrity also raises the point that baby formula is one of the most stolen items from retail stores, which is why it's like often locked in those special cases. And just like, you know, laundry detergent, it's because it's. Relatively shelf stable and people Always need it and so it's easy to Resell and um, You know it's but The rise in crime has absolutely not helped the shortage problem either. So all this stuff feeds into each other. And it's it's just a total mess. It's not going to go away overnight. But people from the White House should have been on it a long time ago. This is something that's been getting coverage. But they've been too busy scoffing at the supply chain crisis and saying it's just treadmills and whatever else, you know, that's what they they're too busy deflecting and trying to make this about other people. I don't know. Did Putin somehow cause the baby formula shortage also, Jen? (laughs) Is it Putin's baby formula shortage? I don't know. But yeah, it's it's tragic and disappointing and a mess like everything else about this administration. And if the Biden administration thinks that they're going to win suburban moms while there's no formula in the stores... I think they had better think again about their strategy because maybe their strategy for winning elections should be less about Twitter and nominating the historic first whatever right, and more about making sure that you get out of the way of the economy and make sure stuff that people need in order for their children to be alive makes it to store shelves. Maybe they should the, just make that a priority.
4: The Department of the Interior, a uh, Native American woman, Spending time Deb emotionally Holland. crying about how she's how they they're investigating a bunch of schools where kids were brought to schools to be assimilated in Western culture, et cetera, et cetera. That is her doing her own personal, like, interest work.
5: Meanwhile, I'm sure there is Native kids alive right now who need baby formula. Right. Who this are is- going to die on reservations in America in 2022. Because they couldn't go to the store and buy baby formula because some idiot screwed up the entire economy and broke right.
4: It. And also, she's a psychotic activist. That's all she is. This one that she happens to be a Native American psychotic activist who's doing the Native American thing. She gets to play victim. It's fascinating for her. But here's the thing: amongst those kids who were brought to schools to assimilate into being, uh, into. Uh, Acclimating them into being, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Western um, education, etc. Right. Right. Um, is there a bigger story or is it just that mean white oppressors ripped kids away and tried to erase their culture?
5: Mm. No, no bigger story. It's all just mean white people. Everything's as simple as that. Mean white people. I'm trying to see, by the way, if Pete Buttigieg is... Tweeted anything about the uh baby formula crisis? You would think it would be something near and dear to his heart because I don't think that he and Chase are breastfeeding or chest feeding, as the case may be. Right, you never know. uh But I don't, I don't see him talking about it being difficult for him to find formula anywhere. So it is
4: know. interesting because they're so clean cut and professional. And Pete is. Obviously, Mr. Corporate Guy. Mm -hmm. And so they're going to, in a corporate way, with great vocabulary and marketing terms of great heights, going to be complimenting each other, gaslighting us and talking about how wonderful things are going. Attaboy. Well done, sir. Well done, et cetera. Meanwhile, crashing the country into the ground. It's so interesting. They'll never know because they're elite fools. Their noses are in the air. They're so thrilled with themselves. Uh, they surround themselves with with the you know people who are just sycophantic, etc. So they're the most incompetent people in the world, but they look competent. Pete looks competent. Yeah, well, story. you would think He's it would Mayor, be Pete.
5: you would think it would be an easy win for the administration to like send Pete out there on this one, right? Like do something about this, send Pete out there to be the face of it because he can like empathy with the formula thing because he has babies that need formula, etc., right? All that stuff. I mean, y- with normal people, that would be a winner, but they just, like, any opportunity to do anything that could possibly, like, be... They, they just suck. They just suck. They handle every crisis the exact opposite way that it should be handled and do everything wrong. I mean, it. it's becoming, like, incredible. And I know I had joked with one of my friends and said, like, I didn't vote for Biden, but I, like, didn't know he could screw things up this quickly. And she was like, oh, I knew, I knew he was going to do this. I knew this was going to be this way. And I'm like, I can't like, it's incredible to me. He's batting a thousand for sucking at everything.
6: Um, Some of the challenges we're also seeing, let me just note it. And I noted this a little bit earlier, is this uh, hoarding issue. Uh, And we are also have been also calling on retailers to impose purchasing limits to prevent the possibility of hoarding because we know that that is an issue Uh, again sometimes it's people who are fearful uh but uh, which is understandable but also it is it is also there's an element of people who are trying to benefit financially off of that fear uh which is where we have uh, a concern um
4: oh that is fantastic it's like we're talking about the crime rates going through the roof and in in dead bodies all over the inner cities and them talking about gun violence We're looking at gun violence and possible ways to... Have you tried your car? So wait a second. So so what we're getting is that this shortage is because the company made a bad product that was poisonous, which is not true, and you are hoarding
5: Yeah, you did this. Mm -hmm.
4: We know that that's happening. Do we really know that that's happening? Of course we
5: don't. It's like Charlie Baker, too, did that to us during the pandemic. Don't you remember? Don't buy more than you need.
4: What an a-hole.
5: Remember he told us that the stores were out of stuff because it was our fault because we were buying more than we needed? Well, now we're two years in and the stores don't have stuff. Is it still my fault?
4: Well, the lesson going by the way this government has two years in continually been surprised by suddenly shortages when we're out of stuff is buy more (laughs) than you need. That is a lesson. They have taught us to buy more than we need.
5: Right, because you don't know that the store is not going to have it next week. The like,
4: stupid, ham-handed government, government, big, stupid FDA may shut down the biggest factory for what we need the most. Then we're in this position. Right. And they're never going to take, take blame and learn. They're not going to learn. It's, it can never be them.
5: No, of course not. Of course not. But this is... We live in, like, one of the most anti-family, anti-parent cultures in the world, so I don't know how, like, we expected things to be any different, but the level of just callousness and everything else about it, I just, it's, it's so terrible. It's making me upset. I can't, we have to talk about something different, or I'm gonna... What'd
4: you like to talk about, Albie? Oh, yeah, let me talk about something for a second, something I did mention today in the, in the connecticut show um this is back this is the produced open i did for this uh, with my friends at channel 3 eyewitness news but uh, but this topic just listen is back
6: new data shows men in hartford are getting paid significantly more than women
2: in fact a recent study revealed that gender pay gap It's something that leaders in the capital city are really trying to tackle.
1: In the Hartford area, women under 30 make 90% of what men make. And folks I spoke with say they hope more can be done to help close the gender wage gap. And they're doing it in New
4: account. Haven, too. The gender wage gap, we hear it again and again and again. The gender gender wage gap.
5: Wow, g- the city of Hartford and cities of Hartford and New Haven must be run by big conservatives <clears throat> right. with a lot of but, uh, patriarchal misogyny and stuff.
4: This is something people should know. There's no real gender wage gap.
5: <laughs> of For
2: course the there part, is. there's no real
4: re- gender wage gap. It's taking the median incomes of men and women and saying, "Wait, men make, you know, uh, 11% more than women, or 7% more than women." And then that's it. That's as far as they look and say, well, this is we, that's not equitable. We yeah. need equity, 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 equity. Obviously, there are reasons for this.
5: Yeah. Once you start adjusting for the number of hours people work, the level of dangerousness of the job and all the other millions of factors that go into how people decide whether or not to accept jobs at certain salaries, it turns out that the gender pay gap really doesn't exist, right? Because... A lot of the gender pay gap comes from careers. I mean, I assume not in the city of Hartford, but in general, um, a lot of the general pay, the gender pay gap comes from things like the fact that women don't work on oil rigs or don't work as roofers or, you know, miners. A lot of things that pay really well, it turns out women really don't want to do (laughs) for a variety of reasons. I mean, like they might not offer like the kind of flexibility scheduling flexibility that a lot of women want. Exactly. They might be more dangerous than women want to do. They might be jobs that mean you have to get dirty and they're unpleasant and terrible. You don't see a lot of liberals complaining about the lack of gender equity in like the waste disposal industry. Like, There's no women garbage men, virtually, right. at all. And you don't see women feminists complaining about that you don't see feminists complaining that you know that their construction workers aren't all women right like they're only right. focused and, and on that, like silicon valley companies and stuff.
4: right and to that to that point this is a, a paper that christina hoff summers wrote a couple of years ago she said in 2009 the u.s department of labor released a paper that examined more than 50 peer-reviewed studies and concluded that the oft cited 23 percent wage gap may be almost entirely the result of individual choices made by both male and female workers. Well, let's look at those choices. Georgetown University compiled a list of the five best-paying college majors and the percentage of men or women majoring in those fields. Number one best-paying major, petroleum uh, engineering, 87% male. Number two, pharmaceutical science, 48% male. So there's more women in that, but just by a little bit hmm Number three, mathematics and computer science, 67% male.
5: It's also... Mm-hmm. Let me just raise the point, mm-hmm. too, because... This, these numbers are revealing how many people are in those majors, but they are also, the situation is even more extreme than that, because what people choose to do with those majors afterwards varies as well. Like, I read a whole thing one time about how, like, you just said math majors is 67% male, but men make more with a math major than women do. So people have looked at that. And do you want to know why that is?
4: Willing to move?
5: Women become math teachers. Far more often than men do when they major in math. Uh, they're much more likely to use their math or their STEM degrees in general to become a teacher because being a teacher is a job that offers a lot of flexibility, is good paying. You can do it anywhere you get summers off. Like, all it's the same hours as your kids have school, so you have time with your kids outside of school hours. Like, it's all those things. Women prefer that type of job over, you know, working at as a coder in some crazy Silicon Valley startup where you have wild hours and you have to, you know, you're buried in your code 18 hours a day. Like it just, it, these are choices that people right. make even within those majors, you know? So
4: this is go to the more, the best paying majors. Continue. Uh, aerospace engineer is 88% male. Chemical engineer, 72% male. Notice that the women outrepresent men in only one of the five top-paying majors by only a few percentage points. Now consider the same studies list of the five worst-paying college majors. Number one, counseling and psychology, 74% female. Number two, early childhood education, 97% female. Number three, theology and religious vocations, 66% male. Number four, human services and community organizations, 81% female. Social work, 88% female. Here, it's the women who lead in all but one category. Even within the same profession, men and women make different career choices that impact how much money they make. Take nursing, where where male nurses on the whole earn 18% more than female nurses. The reason? Male nurses gravitate to the best-paying nursing specialties. They work longer hours and disproportionately find jobs in cities with the highest compensation. Now, here's one expert on nursing compensation. Professor Linka Aiken, Link, Linda Aiken of the University of Pennsylvania sums up the, uh, the data. Career choices and educational differences explain most, if not all, the gender gap in nursing. So there you go. And actually, she makes a great point at the beginning, uh, which is a great way to start the argument. If for the same work, women make only 77 cents for every dollar that a man makes, why don't businesses hire only women? Wages are the biggest expense for most businesses, so hiring only women would reduce the cost by nearly a quarter. Of course. But the <laughs> whole thing is is BS, which got me to, on this... Uh...
5: Of course, this reminds me a little bit. Um, a couple years ago, this was in 2019, the flutist, or the, do you say? Are you supposed to say flautist? Are you flautist? Punch me the if to I say Flautist. I'm scared to say flautist in front of you. Uh, anyway, a person who plays the flute uh, of the female gender sued the Boston Symphony Orchestra in 2019, or I guess the suit started in mm-hmm. 2018, because she was paid less than I believe the first violinist than somebody else who's like the person for the whole orchestra Mm -hmm. that has like a much more important job in the symphony orchestra. And it was a whole thing because she sued them and they ended up having to settle with her in 2019 because she sued them for like gender equity, even though it has nothing to do with gender. Like musicians are paid very specific amounts based on what instruments they play. And it's like a whole thing. So, um, She sought more than $200,000 and the settlement secret, but who knows what she got, but she got some big amount of money for her back wages because she was paid less for being a woman, which is absurd. But again, like it goes back to, I don't know how many people played musical instruments, but there were musical instruments that were much more frequently played by girls versus played by boys even like in elementary school <clears throat> it just was like different choices people made to be into different instruments and it's that's how it is now i will tell you what my liberal friends would say about this because they have seen this argument made is that um that's because our society values women's work like things that have been traditionally women's work we value less because we're a sexist society. So that's why professions that have traditionally been seen as more feminine, like social work, aren't valued as highly as professions like being an engineer.
4: Um, I I don't, but nobody
5: set out to write down a list of what all the salaries should be for different careers. It's just supply and demand. It just happened.
4: Well, yeah. Well, (laughs) and I don't, I don't, so that, so, do all the men's things pay more? Is an agrarian professional job does that pay more if that's an is that a male thing? I'm not even sure. I I don't I don't even know. I know that the, that it the the math and the data does not work work out the way that people who want to believe that this is about male domination. Which is, that's that's what it is. This is a way to nibble around what they really want to get to that this is about um male uh the dominant male uh, mm-hmm. culture and so well, and that, it's, uh, that it's uh, fundamentally unfair and there's a great conversation i have a little snippet of it with jordan peterson and helen lewis where where they go over this and um just listen it's a snapshot but you can tell what she's getting to i have a few jordan peterson cuts him with uh, helen lewis is the first one him with a, another british broadcaster a woman is this are the second two you notice when we even have this conversation it's very emotional for them. They are not good at keeping it together during this conversation. In what sense is
3: our society male-dominated?
7: Uh, the fact that the vast majority of wealth is owned by men, the vast majority of capital and is owned by men. Women do more unpaid it's labor. a very, very
3: tiny proportion of men, and a huge proportion of people who are seriously disaffected are men. Most people in prison are men. Most people who are uh, on the street are men. Most victims of violent crime are men. Most people who commit suicide are men. Uh, most men, most people who die in wars are men. People who do worse in school are men. It's like, where's the dominance here precisely? What you're doing is you're taking a tiny substrata of hyper successful men and using that to represent the entire structure of the of Western society. There's nothing about that that's vaguely appropriate.
4: But that's the core, right? Is right. that you guys are, you're, you're, you're a white cis cis. Man, you're everything, but you're why I can't have ful- ful- fulfillment, and other people can't mm-hmm. either. Because you've gone and taken all the good stuff and used your power, etc. It's you specifically. The rest of us are victims, which makes us very noble, don't mind you. Mate. But at the hands of you, because you've done something to us, and that's why they can't keep it together. Here's the the other female reporter on uh, maybe the BBC. I'm not even sure. Uh, back to the pay gap
7: here in the UK, for example. Let's take that as an example the gender pay gap stands at just over 9%. You've got women at the BBC recently saying that the broadcaster is illegally paying them less than men to do the same job. You've got only seven women running the top FTSE 100 companies. So it seems to a lot of women that they're still being dominated and excluded,
3: to quote your words back to you. It does seem that way, but multivariate analysis of the pay gap indicate that it doesn't exist. But that's so just not do, true, is it? That's I mean,
7: that 9% ca- pay gap, that's a gap between median hourly earnings, yeah. between men and women. But that multiple,
3: exists. Yeah, but there's multiple reasons for that. One of them is gender, but it's not the only reason. Like, if you're a social scientist, worth, worth your salt, you never do a univariate analysis. Like, yeah. you say, well, women in aggregate are paid less than men. Okay, well, then we break it down by age, we break it down by occupation we break it down by interest we break it down by personality
7: but you're saying basically it doesn't matter if women aren't getting to the top because that's what's skewing that gender pay gap isn't it you're saying well that's just a fact not saying women it not necessarily matter. going to get to the top
3: no i'm not saying it doesn't matter either you're saying, I'm saying there are multiple reasons for it so notice
4: that she's saying so you're saying it's okay that women can't get to the top yeah <laughs> you know who you know what somebody who's gotten to the top has never done
7: uh complained about not getting to the top
4: exactly about how the system is rigged
7: i'm saying that nine percent pay gap exists yeah. Yeah. that's a gap between men and women i'm not saying why it exists but it exists
4: now yeah, but if you you're a woman why that it seems exists.
7: pretty unfair
3: you have to say why it-
4: does it seem pretty unfair
5: depending why it exists no i mean like that's the whole issue it's not unfair if it exists because you decided around, not to do a hard or a high paying job because right. you
4: chose to exactly and we've talked about the thousands of reasons why that somebody might get paid more etc men might get paid more than women etc but here's the thing who's thinking that things are fair who goes into battle saying you know what things will be completely fair and if they're unfair well i'll get toppled over and run through i just don't mind the psychology of it it seems unfair as she's trembling not to cry it seems unfair well guess what you know what uh us <clears throat> cisgender men w- uh, were told to believe life's not fair life's not fair that's right and i'm competing you know up here in the major leagues against other white men. All the other baddies are up here too, okay? It's not fair, okay? Life is not effing fair. And to, for you to spend any time thinking about well, the unfairness of it all, my goodness, well, the other person is going and getting after it while you're talking about your un- the unfairness happening in the world.
7: But do you agree that it's unfair? If you're a woman... Not
3: necessarily. And
7: on average, you're getting paid 9% less than a man. That's not fair, is it? Are you working less?
3: It depends on why it's happening. I can give you an example. Okay, there's a personality trait known as agreeableness. Agreeable people are compassionate and polite. And agreeable people get paid less than than less agreeable people for the same job. Women are more agreeable than men.
7: Again, a vast generalization. Some women are not more agreeable than men. Yes,
3: that's true, but that's right. And some women get paid more than men.
7: So you were saying that, by and large, women are too agreeable to get the pay rises they deserve? No, I'm
3: saying that that's one component of a multivariate equation that predicts um, salary, it accounts for maybe 5% of the variance, something like that. So, surely so you, the need answer, about another twi- you need about another 18 factors, one of which is gender. And so there it, is prejudice, there's no doubt about that, but it accounts for a much smaller proportion of the variance in the pay gap than the radical feminists claim. So. It, it notice
4: how she's looking looking to nail him on something. So you're saying the reason is women are too agreeable? Saying So in other words, women are too uh, noble. You know? nice. Women are too agreeable? But really, she can't even see herself. Let's take a step back and say, in her case, it's not that she's too agreeable. It's that she's an unhinged psychotic. So that probably, if you're somebody who's hiring female reporters in England, you're probably saying, you know what? If we do need somebody desperately... Let's lowball this lady because she's effing nuts and we don't want to deal with her.
5: Well, right. And, you know, she's obviously not even following his train of thought. No, (laughs) she's getting emotional. (laughs) Yes. Okay, that's fine. But it's the same thing with like the James Daymore thing when he got fired from Google for pointing out that if you have two bell curves that overlap quite a bit and where there's, you know, a bunch of men... That are dumber than a bunch of women and a bunch of women that are dumber than a bunch of men and they're. You know, the bell curves almost line up, but one's just like shifted a little bit to the right. And if that bell curve is for programming skill and one of them is men and one of them is women, you're gonna end up with a lot more men at your software company. Not because on average men are that much better at making software, but like when you when you're Google and you skew to like the extreme of wanting people who are really, really good at writing code and making software, that just by the nature of like who's available and the number of people who are who are like that, you're just mathematically going to end up with a lot more men in the company. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you're familiar with a lot of IT guys because, sure. in particular, you have some in your family and mm-hmm. you've hung out with a lot of them and stuff, and like there there are several very specific personality types that crop up a lot amongst like IT guys and software people and people who code and stuff and like they're the type of people who will shut themselves in a closet with a computer as a teenager mm-hmm. and like be coding and doing stuff right and i'll just ask you do you think that those personalities are as common among women as they are among men not that they don't exist no. But are they as common? And that's the issue, right? Is it's not saying that, like, there aren't women who are really good at stuff or much better than lots and lots of men at stuff. It's just saying that, you know, once you get up to the high levels of anything, you're going to have different people being good at it, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's all. It's it's not, nobody needs to be hurt or offended about it or whatever. Like, it's just, that's right. just if how it Men goes. and women
4: are different. It's fine. And there is certainly cultural influences. There's no doubt about that. But not totally.
5: Also, another thing the pay gap doesn't take into account at all is that there are many more women that I know that would prefer to be stay at home moms than men that I know that would prefer to be stay at home dads. Like I know a lot more Uh women who want that as a life choice. Well, and also then, and I know a lot more men that are like, I want to have a career and be really good at this thing. Like, I mean, I know that that's a stereotype, and that's obviously not all hashtag of anybody. But, but I know more women who want to be financially supported and devote themselves to like hearth and home than I know men who are like that. When
4: we hear a something clutter downstairs, and then some two year old start to cry. What emotion do you generally feel?
5: <laughs> A different one than you do. Right. What is I'm the emotion really... that you feel? Uh, terror that something has happened to our children. What's the
4: emotion that I feel? Annoyance? At the very least. <laughs> to anger, exactly. So so another. Um, it should also be known that for college-educated men versus women in the years from like 23 years old to in the mid-30s, women generally get paid more than men
5: yeah that's true now that and and more women are graduating from college and everything else now at this point
4: right and women also tend to front load their careers hit the ground running because they're planning for in their mid-30s to have kids
5: right exactly
4: so everything is cool all right lady english women too come on um let's see what do we got here um
5: Anyway, I... Um, that's my
4: big stuff. I can go to the chat chat if you want. Well, I
5: had well, a couple more things that I just wanted to super has to do, quick okay, mention. Okay, if
4: one of the things has to super quick mention have to do with Leslie, then I would hold off because it might be brought up in the chat chat.
5: Okay. I'm saying... That's not what I wanted to super okay. quick mention. Go ahead. It's fine. Um, my, what my i did want a super quick mention was i wanted to bring up the fact that the biden administration has canceled all oil and gas lease sales in alaska because they're handling everything really well and that's going to help with all the supply chain issues uh illegal immigrants are getting baby formula
4: oh yeah that's right you yeah, th- thankfully a caller brought that up i had forgotten to mention that today
5: yeah there's a, a state rep in florida that's Sending out pictures of the pallets of baby formula that are at the border for all the illegal border crossers that Biden has Mm -hmm. encouraged to come here. Which is, of course, which is,
4: of course, you know, to be intellectually honest, which is kind of probably understandable to have resources down there. That said.
5: You encourage the people to show up there.
4: Right. And also it's. Doesn't make for a good photo op. When... All
5: right. so I'm not advocating for illegal immigrants to be denied formula and their children starved, obviously. Hi, Anson. Oh,
4: the other one's still sleeping, huh? Yeah, please have
5: iPad. It's in there. Um, I'm not advocating for illegal immigrants to not be able to feed their children, but the fact that we need to send pallets to the border is the result of a year and a half of bad border policies from the Biden administration, which continue to get worse because they continue to not tell people to not storm the U S border and that they'll get to stay here. So uh, that's why there are a bunch of babies at the border who need formula. Tell the babies parents to keep their babies in their own country and feed them there, please. Like that. This is a situation created by Biden and harris and whoever else right so that's a a, just an incredible thing um the other things that i had to add was also in the file of the biden administration hates parents and despises them um the house judiciary gop has released documents from their investigation showing that yes the merrick garland doj absolutely did Target parents under terrorism laws who went to school board meetings and came after them and considers you a terrorist for being upset about the crazy stuff that they're trying to teach your kids in school. So
4: they've got a few examples on there, including one is they went after a woman for being part of a Moms of Liberty mm-hmm. group that didn't want that wanted masked choices and suggested that she may also have been a gun owner. So they sick the FBI and her, they sick the FBI and a, a couple of people, including one. Where people called the rat line to rat their fellow Americans out the the justice tip line and um and the guy said well the, 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 that the Trump voter essentially who was complaining to the Board of Education had threatened violence using handguns, and when the feds visited the tattler and said, "Okay, can you tell us again what the person said he said, Oh, you know what he didn't really say any of those things, but he felt shady to me." Mm. So it is, uh, yeah.
5: Yeah. Meanwhile, a public school principal in Tallahassee, Florida, posted publicly on Facebook. um, Yes, teachers love name brand craft supplies, but what they actually want is to be treated like professionals. They want to be paid a living wage. They want to be allowed to go home in the evening without lugging work. And they want to decide what they teach in their classroom based on the needs of the students in front of them. I'm so tired of being told we don't know what we're doing or that we're messing with parents' rights. Two years ago, we were awesome. heroes and proved we were the backbone of many social services. Today, I say, parents, quit pushing for stupid bills and getting in our way. Legislatures, education is not your lane. Get out of
4: it. Schools- that is beautiful. There's no way that the committee to re-elect Don Ron DeSantis did not pay this guy to say school-
5: this. This is a woman, Sarah Hemby. Schools are going to do what's best for your students in spite of you. But they're gonna oh, run fantastic. out of people to care for your students if you keep it up. Love, a tired principal.
4: Oh, fantastic. That is beautiful. Oh my so, goodness. Nikki obviously- <laughs> Freed is gonna lose by 96%, even though we do like her for obvious reasons. All right, ready for the chat chat? Big dog. Let's head to the chat chat. All right. Here we go. Here we go. You sure you're ready? I don't know. I can hear you. Alright. <clears throat> there it is. It is. Uh, go. Any moment now. It's in progress. Here it goes. Go ahead. Make noise.
5: <laughs> Would you like me to take on the audio production of the show, honey?
4: It's rolling. It's rolling. Damn, it it's not, are you sure it's rolling? It's not. If something, it's stuck. Oh no! Uh, let me just chat down. The thing is, I have them. I have them flagged too, so those are all going to go away. Should, let me just hit re. Let me just hit that re. Let me try this again. Okay. Here we go.
1: Hi, baby It's Les. You know I am calling. I'll try to limit my cuss words. I'm furious at those utter hacks at NPR, those taxpayer-funded stooges at NPR who had the balls to put out a hit piece on the Orthodox Church. You phony, desperate pricks. What's the deal? You can't go after the Catholic Church anymore? Why not? why not the stories about some of their priests molesting children don't get clicks anymore why isn't that maybe because you holes on the left and all the school teachers are sexually grooming all the kids now so the catholic church isn't a story about that anymore so now you're going after our holy church of course, our St. Vladimir's Seminary told you to go pound sand when you asked them for comment on your disingenuous libel about a 2,000-year-old faith,
4: you filthy Uh-oh. losers. Holy God.
1: Let me tell you something, NPR. First of all, you need to be defunded That's immediately. True. I cannot believe right, it. the taxpayers... Of every state in the United States have to be, have our income confiscated for your bull. Oh,
5: Leslie! <laughs> she said she'd try and oh, learn it out. Wrong for
1: the wrong people, the wrong cultures, and the wrong church. You have no idea who we are in this world and in this country, and you will regret trying to awake this giant of the members and the community of the Orthodox Church.
4: Alice, thoughts? You're a member of the Orthodox Church. So, thoughts?
1: yes.
5: So, this is an article. Leslie and I have been talking about this. Um, I sent her this article from NPR the other day where they're did I show you this Yes, all? yes, yes. Okay. So, basically, NPR feels that the people who are converting to Eastern Orthodoxy are – to right wing, so they're trying to make a case, and they like try and tie it. the The main image on the article is Putin in an Orthodox church. Yes, yes. So, they're trying to make a case that a bunch of like white nationalists who love Putin and want him to be their king like are you. joining Orthodox mm-hmm. now. So, it's just crazy because this person at NPR, Odette Youssef goes through this whole article. I don't think she went to any Orthodox churches Mm -hmm. in the course of her research for this article because, yes, there are a lot of American converts to Orthodoxy. I go to a church, um, a Rokor church, a Russian Orthodox church outside Russia, which is um, one of the ones she says is most attracting uh, white nationalists in her article. And, yes, there are a lot of American converts I will point out to her that if she attended a service at that church, she might find out that a lot of the American converts to orthodoxy are not white. In fact, many of them are black. And like one of the most prominent far right wing like Twitter Orthodox personalities is a black Guy too he's like this 21 year old Guy who tweets about orthodoxy all the time But she writes in this article It's an immigrant faith it's being Colonized by these converts They're vocal online they're Connected to far-right actors in the United States and then she writes about this guy Matthew Heinbeck, who is a white Nationalist who Mm -hmm. joined an orthodox church but was excommunicated for being racist in 2014, eight years ago, and joined some like fringe splinter group that's not in communion with the Orthodox faith at all. So like if you're trying to make a case that droves of white nationalists are joining the Orthodox Church, the fact that you have to go back 10 years to find one and that he's not allowed to be in the church anymore doesn't speak like really... Strongly that this is a big trend. If Correct. that's what you had to do. So anyway, the whole article's garbage. It's trash. This person Good. did no research. All the mainstream orthodox. And you sources. and Leslie are going to
4: go murder everybody who had anything to do. No, with No,
5: but I want to. I do want to defund NPR.
4: Nice. I'm all for it. Oh, Tom, what? this is the devil, and I happen to love Route 66, Mother Road. There you go. I don't know what Steve's talking about. I'll see you in a month, Steve. Whoa! Whoa, that is uh, a very dark message for Steve. Whoa.
3: Hey, it's Steve from Merrimack. Just oh. to clarify, I disliked the narrator of Mother Road. I disliked the content of Mother Road. And I disliked the overuse of sound drops from Mother Road. What do you mean? Mother Other Road. than that. I love the show. I love you guys. Thank and you. And now Steve. that you're going to be uh, Shecky Shattuck, apparently talking about the Catskills and the spell <laughs> and the Neville-y, I love all that stuff. So I might even up to twenty dollars a month. Who knows? Anyway, thank you.
4: It's He's cool. got a problem with the Mother Road. I, know. I don't see how anybody calls well, former fine. stripper Dixie Evans has converted an old chicken coop into the exotic world museum. Where she has amassed a vast collection. There's no of items need to
5: play this. The there's no need to play tees. this now because we're now the Borscht Belt Barrel.
4: We are the ooh, Alice <laughs> Borscht Belt Barrel. We need the t-shirts done. <laughs> okay. That's fantastic. I'll be reading more. I'll uh, be watching more about the Borscht Belt tonight. As a matter of fact, uh, where were we? Hold on one second. Oh, went away for a second. Sorry about that. Uh, there's 18 um, murderous death threats from Leslie. Not that I'm. I'm not in-
5: against us, against NPR. Right. I, I
4: Obviously, Leslie, I'm into that. I like violence and women. It's Alice knows this is a thing, but I don't know. It appears Thomas outed me for doing characters on the show. Now it's it's more than likely a Handmaid's Tale. I'm living. Protesters and whatnot outside my home. All right, bye i love that he's done, doing characters. It's, the only thing is is that some of the characters sound like each other, so somebody might get the wrong impression that it's the and same guy.
5: Some people might think that our show is not a really huge podcast like, with thousands and thousands, and thousands of, in, of listeners who all call in and
4: Obviously they'd be wrong. And
5: but, all the, yeah, they'd be wrong, but that could give a So wrong I turned impression.
4: 40 in a couple months Okay, and I'm starting to feel my age, particularly at work where a number of my coworkers are in their mid 20s and I hate to be that old man who grumbles. Uh, but Tom, I think I can relate to you in, in some areas here. I had a coworker turn to me the other day and completely earnestly ask me which countries were involved in World War Four. Oh fantastic. <laughs> and she was being totally fantastic. serious. I had no idea how to answer. I was completely baffled. Fantastic. So she's assuming she missed World War Three, but that there <laughs> was a World War Three, which granted we may be on the verge of, and B she's not sure who was in World War Four. I, I just I don't Is know where Danny to go in with this. I, yeah. I don't know what's happening. Please help. Oh, that is fantastic. I would say marry her, Danny. That's I would say. (laughs) Yeah, Tom's
5: still in love with my former roommate that that he never met, that uh, had never heard of the Revolutionary War, was blown away when me and our other roommate told her that we used to be part of England here. That was a totally new revelation to her. This was a woman in her 20s. And um What else She had never heard of Pirates Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was (laughs) We watched Pirates of the Caribbean And she was like But wait Like what is Like why are they What are they doing Like that was totally Danny Go to
4: her And marry her her.
2: Yeah Tom uh, This is Gina McCarthy Oh Um Listen As you may know I, I think I've heard you and Alice Talk about this Uh We're doing some climate justice now And um I got to tell you, Tom, I don't like the fumes coming out of that barrel, okay? I don't know what you're burning in there, but uh, understandable. A- a- as a matter of social justice, uh-huh. we're going to have to have a cap put onto that barrel, um, or perhaps uh, change your podcast to uh, Tom Shattuck's Compost pile. It, it, it's really going to provide justice, and 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 I think that uh, you're up for the challenge, there, Tommy. I know, as someone from Boston, you're really up to the challenge, and, and I, I look forward to <laughs> working with you again. Thanks.
4: I love Gina. I'm all for that. And I do have a compost jobs,
6: executive order jobs, workers jobs. We're going to talk about have been left behind. Those are the communities that have been marginalized, <laughs> overburdened, and they're in the crosshairs of not just. and
0: We're going to deliver them.
4: Oh, God. <laughs> born in a uh, castle island no offense we love it just fine just fine just fine all right one second here alice you're, you do go by alice right
5: occasionally
4: on the road again looks like alice shaddock's on the road again oh sorry it's the telephone hello Kerry, Tom Shattuck, and Alice Shattuck, how are you? Tom and Alice. How are you guys? We're great. How are you? You are world I'm- famous now. You thought you were radio I'm- famous yesterday. They're talking about you in the White House briefing room. What? Uh, what? What? Are you kidding? Well, what are you talk- talking about? They're talking about your plan, <laughs> Alice, tell her.
5: Right, they're not talking about Carrie from Winchester, but they are uh <laughs> your idea to use the Defense Production Act was uh brought up in the White House briefing room. Jen Saki was asked about it. Marco Rubio and Josh Hawley are advocating for it. So, um I would say you have an untapped career as a political consultant.
2: Oh man, that's am- I'm going to have to circle back to that in a second, but <clears throat> Kidding? Isn't that I get Saki's. it. I get
4: it. I get it. Uh, by the way, I'm, we're going to be out. out
2: my jokes, and I didn't practice first. Everyone's like, "You're so unprepared to talk to them."
4: Carrie, <laughs> what do you mean? You're perfect. You're um, you're um. We're going to lose Genzaki soon, by the way. So the circle back days are 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 leaving. But we were saying that you are a brilliant person and a Winchester person. But we are a little worried that it did come to you to find a solution. Uh, to the- you think? Yes. I mean,
2: I'm like I, I can't really talk about work, but I'm in marketing. Like I, I come up with ideas, but this is not my. You know, I don't come up with ideas to save people's lives. It's. <laughs> it, I mean, give me a. Uh, I, can I swear? No, yes. give me a break. Like, give me a break. Um,
4: We've had another. I, Les, uh, I'm, Leslie I'm, called sorry. on the chat chat already and swore up a storm. So I've already got a lot of post production to do. So feel free to let loose.
2: Okay. Well, I, I'm so fired up about this. So. I have not been like I. I cannot stop thinking about this because uh, I mean a million reasons. Um, but you know, my one of my sister sisters in law is um, uh, she's got a baby that she's fostering, mm-hmm. and the, the I mean the baby's ve- needs very specific formula, you know, because it has you yep. know like like all all the the gas thing and this and that and this and. She can't. She was out for four hours today. Four huh. hours driving around, store to store to store. And I helped her over the weekend. It's insane. This is like, I mean, it's catastrophic. And to be honest, like, uh, I, I've been thinking about this because I, I looked into after I like thought of it yesterday. I looked into it a little bit, and they, you know, typically don't use it for stuff that isn't, um, you know, national security. Right. But they keep changing the name, you know, the meanings of words around here anyway. So, you know, if they can change the the meaning of violence to be like speech, then they can do this, right? They can change yeah. the what that's used for. Absolutely. So I'm... I, I'm just like so, sickened by the whole thing, but I, I'm so excited that they're talking about it. Carrie, That's amazing.
4: Guess what, though? Jen Saki says it's the fault of parents.
6: Um, some of the challenges we're also seeing, let me just note it, and I noted this a little bit earlier, is this uh, hoarding issue. Uh, and we are oh also have been also calling on re- retailers to impose purchasing limits to.
4: That's right. It's the parents who are going out and buying too much. I wonder why parents would buy too much, Carrie, if they are at all.
2: Oh, my God. Uh, of course, of course, people are being blamed right but I, I was talking to one of my friends today they apparently i wasn't paying attention to this several months ago because my kids are a little older but they started talking about this apparently in september as an issue right. and like raising the flag and nobody did anything no this is ridiculous it,
4: it would be the leading bleep up of any other administration's legacy this the fact that you the the babies can't eat suddenly who the f wasn't paying attention to this but here's your moment of glory with Jen Psaki has there been any
3: consideration of using the defense production act
6: there are a range of there are a range of options including that under consideration ed but I would note the issue here is that a manufacturer was taken offline because they did not
4: produce a safe baby formula which is not true they did produce a safe baby formula. but it doesn't matter this this or, this organization this administration doesn't want it they don't care they've lost they, they're not They they're not comfortable coming to a reckoning and improving. Carrie, we have questions for you. Okay. Okay. You live in Winchester, Massachusetts. I do. So I'm from Winchester, Massachusetts. I'm aware. And where are you? Um, around where do you live?
2: Um, I can't talk about that, like in front of everyone. No, um, I'm 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 not in I'm not in the rich section. I'll tell you that. Are you, you, you sure? Uh, <laughs> I was I'm in the so poor. In-
4: do you know where? Yeah, I'm
2: sorry of- Oh, sorry.
4: Uh, okay, uh, are you? Did are you a native of Winchester?
2: No, I grew up in Somerville, so like I the, like I, I moved on up. However, yeah, now yeah. I can't afford Somerville. No, so, like
4: <laughs> we can't afford either. Yeah, isn't that interesting? There was a time when we got when me and two g- girls in high school were driving Somerville, we got stuck under a bridge because um, it was flooded, and the car went in the water, and the, the engine died. We almost. i know
2: that bridge over by the assembly square mall
4: um this bridge is well this bridge is actually near more closer to tufts on like college ave Oh, uh, uh, yeah, we, we, at the time we, yeah near winchester street oddly enough in, in in anyway so we called in essentially air support to take us out of there to extract us because we were in somerville and obviously we were going to get stabbed to death you know oh my
2: god you were gonna die I, I, don't, I can't believe
4: you got out of there what is your year of high school graduation
2: um, I think you and I are the same age. Oh, are 91. we? Oh, 91. Okay. Yeah.
4: Did you go to somewhere yeah, I'm behind? A,
2: I'm, I'm an oldie. I did. I did. You're outing me in front of everyone. Well, this so, is interesting. Um, you but... know,
4: that that <laughs> we've, this is, oh, this is great. Do you, did you Maybe know? Maybe she
5: knows Nancy.
4: <laughs> well, did you know Nancy Hamilton? Nancy was older Nancy than her. Well, Nancy was older. Um, couple years older. Wait,
2: is that, is that her um, maiden name? Yes. So no, there are a bunch of sounds... Hamiltons.
4: Did you know It's fu- it
2: sounds familiar but no. How about yeah. this?
4: Did you know Debbie Vecchiarello?
2: Yes, I was in uh she was in my class,
4: yeah. Oh my goodness. like
2: like like dark curly hair. Beautiful. Like really really pretty? Yes, exactly. yeah, very very pretty. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes.
4: <laughs> That's great. We didn't
2: ha- we didn't hang out, but like she she seemed very nice and we had um like a similar group of friends, you know, um but we I didn't know her that well, but she's very she seems very nice.
4: She was. She was very nice. I, I, yes, she and my brother were um, dating briefly. Um,
5: I see your brother's name around Winchester all the time, like when I fill up my gas. I know. He's not that Jim Shattuck, because I've commented oh. on that to him, too, before, that the weights and measures guy in Winchester oh, yeah. is Jim Shattuck, oh God, but that's, that's not him.
4: That's a different one. He lived oh, down the street so from funny. us. In, but I
5: send him a picture every time I do name. it.
4: Well, in Winchester, there was there was us and the other Shattucks, but there were two Jim Shattucks, my brother and that in that gym shack which is good because now it's kind of a decoy for people wanting to, to uh to hurt Google. me by proxy. <laughs> um oh my god, that's so funny. Okay, and we so you're not gonna we don't have to out where you live in Winchester, but around what closer to what adjoining town?
2: Um closer to Woburn and Medford.
4: Okay. Uh okay. Woburn in Medford.
5: Like near where we used to live in Medford, I think, right?
4: But Remember Woburn, or like
5: where we looked at the house over there
4: to Woburn and Medford. I'm gonna need something. I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need something. Okay,
5: I'll, I'll have
2: to tell you offline because I I, I can't I can't Woburn be talking to. I mean I don't know who, you know who's gonna show if up at my house and be closer, like Hey Carrie, what are you doing?
4: Closer to Woburn. That's the that like near Four Corners. That's a rich section. So this is Carrie's. Oh, rich.
2: I'm not. She's I'm not in one of those
4: mansions question. on Rocky Ledge. That's where she is. Okay. Oh here,
2: no, not not me.
4: We, we um, paid you for this. Kerry, congratulations, and thank you so much. And, uh, thank you.
2: Can I, can I add one quick thing, though? Please. Um, so the, did, did you guys ever look at the Babylon Bee? Of
4: course. Mm-hmm.
2: So they, did you see the headline about this today, that it was like starving American babies disguised themselves as Ukrainian
4: soldiers yes. mm-hmm. in
2: mm-hmm. hopes of getting $40 <laughs> billion in Fed aid? Of so course. And they're all, like, dressed up in, like... Um, like little fatigues and, stuff. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, little,
4: little Ukraine cigarette Babylon Bee is fantastic. Fantastic. And that's why, yeah. if it wasn't for them, Elon Musk wouldn't be buying Twitter tr- probably. Which is- I,
2: I know, I know. Carrie- which I, I think is like such, oh my God, such a coup for us. It's great for people that want truth and honesty.
4: Carrie, yeah. say hello to my former Winchester friends up there in Rocky Legend, the rich section. And sometime when you're when you have time, you can visit the poor section where I grew up where we had to survive day in and day out. My I grew up in the Somerville of Winchester, essentially, over near Stoneham. Oh. It was rough. Carrie, you're great. Thank you. Yeah.
5: Thank you. Take you care. guys have an awesome night. Great to talk to
4: you. You too. You Take too. Care. How cool is she?
5: That was a fun surprise. I oh, love my Carrie. brother is
4: gonna have flashbacks. <laughs> this will be what we call a drinking night, I would say. For my brother uh eight oh what am i doing okay time <laughs> to play the music Alice I've abused the listeners here we go
5: and it's almost time to pick up our daughter from play practice um anyway thank you so much for listening as always everybody it's been a huge long week we would not have made it through it if not for you guys and this show appreciate it so much talk to us on Twitter at our facebook.com burn barrel podcast write us an email burn podcast at gmail.com you can also go to burnbarrelpodcast.com and leave a voicemail, or Tom See might call you, know. you. You never
4: know. That's right. I have to put this down now. Is that the idea? I'm just telling Carrie she was great. There we go. All right, guys. See you Monday or Sunday. Bye-bye.
7: Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable.